What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Tuesday, June 15th. Uh, special day here in California. Mask mandate is off. We're fully open. I'm excited. Don't got to wear my mask to the gym. I'm running 10, 15 minutes on there. So that's a good sign. But, you know, we're here to talk to soccer. We're going to talk a little bit about Euros. We're going to talk about Copa America. Uh, so let me introduce my guest. we got Josue Lopez. Josue, how are you doing? Thank you. Thank you for inviting me once again, Andy. Nice to meet you. And yeah, looking forward for today's show as always. Yeah, and we got uh, Paceros. That's how they say it in Colombia. Yeah. We got Andy Diosa. He's rocking uh, his Colombia jersey. So he motivated me and I got my, my Mexico jerseys. <laughs> how you doing, Andy? So now, fellas, happy to be here. I told you I'm going to only wear soccer jerseys from here on out when I do this show. So I'm going to keep the trend going. I like that. I like that. I only have a few, so we'll, we'll see how long I'll be able to do that. But <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, today was it was it was a great day for international soccer, right? There was a like what the Euros, right? Ronaldo, we saw what Ronaldo did. Uh, I caught like the last ten minutes. He he scored. Um, he tied a record or surpassed someone in, in the record, right? And he scored that penalty, and then he, and then he scores a, a second goal. Uh, what what did you guys think of that game? Did you guys watch the full uh, Portugal versus Hungary game? I watched Ronaldo press conference with he removed the two coke uh, <laughs> oh, bottles. That's true. So just water for now on. No, I only watched the one uh, between France and Germany. But Ronaldo is is always is not surprising what he does, but it's always impressive. You know, he's a goal scoring machine for me. He's more than a soccer player. He's a social phenomenon. Whatever he does inside and outside the field is remarkable. So yeah, that was impressive what he did against Hungary. Yeah, and then you give us your thoughts on like obviously what he did today, and also that that Coke thing. Um, you know, that, that, that I think it dropped Coke's Coca Cola's uh, stock by like a couple percentages. I saw someone tweet something out, which I thought that was interesting. You know what I was gonna say about that Coke incident? Like it would have been great for them to counter with like a Messi ad, but Messi's like a Pepsi sponsor, so um, that's out the window now. It's a bad look for Coke, but all for Ronaldo because I don't drink soda that like that, so I'm all for it. But yeah, he's impressive, man. We know what he could do. I always say with international soccer that it's very unfair how we judge these players because we always try to pit their club careers with their international careers. But yeah, this it's a record. I think it's 11 goals that, that has him up there for the for the most or whatever the case may be. And we know what he could do in just a quick moment, how he, how he obviously gets the penalty and then he follows it up with that quick move inside and, and, and scores that goal. It's, it's Ronaldo at his best when, this, when the lights are bright, when the stage is hot you know he's going to show up and do something great. So um, I'm always excited to watch him play, whatever the circumstances are. Yeah, no, it's amazing, right? Because uh, right, we got one in, like, in the Euros. We got Ronaldo, another, another in Copa America. got Messi, right? Messi scored an incredible goal yesterday, even though they ended up tying. But I think the thing that's so impressive about Ronaldo did is just, like, <clears throat> you see, yeah, right, he, he always lives up to the moment. Obviously, we know they, they won the Euros before. But I also think, like, you know, we also get to see the power Ronaldo really has, you know, of just literally moving a Coca-Cola to the side and moving out and saying drink water and, and bringing the stock. We, we just get to see, you know, the, the power and the, the, the level that it goes. And, and it's crazy, right? Cause it, how much, how much of the culture of the soccer culture he really drives. Right. And he really moves the needle on a lot of things. And I don't think you're going to want to, if I'm Coca-Cola, I'm not going to want to put a Coca-Cola. I'm going to want to put like a Dasani bottle or a power grade or whatever, you know, right next to him. And I'm with you. I don't really drink soda. I don't, I don't really drink soda. So I just thought that was interesting. And I literally just saw that all over social media. Um, but there was another game today. I watched this game from start to finish. It was, it was amazing game. It was, it was a mad, it was like a world-class game, right? 
I'm talking about France versus Germany. Uh, they were playing at, in Bayern Munich uh, Stadium in Munich, I believe. It. And it was like it was a we know France is a team, right? France France is a, is, is a team that that's going to be that's been picked to win this. But we also know Germany. Germany is no, you know, they won the World Cup in 2014, and, and France just won it in 2018. But going into this game, I was I was watching. I was like, man, I was I haven't been exciting for an international game since like last year's World Cup. And uh, Jose, what what did you th- what did you think of this game? This is why the Euros have the best players in the world. First of all, I tweeted this. It was a strange scenario because normally Germany comes as a favorite in any soccer game. In this case, it was not like that. France was a favorite, and we knew why. I mean, they they won 1-0. It could be three goals instead of only one. French players are so fast that they even, like, two of their goals were offside. So that's how fast they go. But it was amazing, like... The dynamic that Pavard and Lucas Hernandez had on the wings, the smartness of Pogba with those passes, the presence of Kanté stealing those balls, and then Griezmann playing Prismar as well, and the return of Benzema and Kylian Mbappé, who will be a Ballon d'Oro in the future. That was amazing from the French national team. Yeah, no, that, that that was impressive, and I think uh, you what you, you what you hit it on there. They 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 made Mbappe may just be too fast for his own good. You know, that's the, he he was caught offside yeah. a couple times. Andy, Andy, give us your thoughts on this game. I think it's funny how we were all so excited for this game, and it ends up one zero on Ongol, which you look exactly. at it and you're like, oh man, like that must have been a terrible game, and it wasn't. It was a great game. It's just that that's how things turn out. Um, beautiful, beautiful. Like like Jose said, it was just fun to watch soccer of that caliber with those two teams. It, the past two World Cup champions. Um, you know, the talent is there on both sides. There's obviously a, a sense of, sure, this is a tournament and we're trying to open it and see how we're going to do. But it's also like, wait, now nah, we're going to go out and show like who we are. And Germany tried to push and France probably had some more chances to score where they should have. But even that goal that was called offside was, I tweeted the same thing. Like, this was, this was beautiful, man. Like, from the beginning to the end. And I didn't realize on that goal that Benzema's the one that actually starts to play when he passes to Griezmann. Griezmann chips it over, and as soon as that chip goes over, Benzema was like already sprinting downfield. Then Pogba gets a turn, passes it to Mbappe, Mbappe finds a play. It's just that that quality that they play, the speed that they play, it's it's amazing. That's why they're the champions, and that's why they're still the favorites to win this Euro tournament. Yeah, I think both both of the goals that were called offsides, uh, even Mbappe's uh, goal that was it was a late offsides call. Like, the finish was just incredible because. He's just so quick in the speed that he has, and 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 just to finish it past Newell, right? Like uh, Emmanuel Newell, like uh, he couldn't even get a glove to it because it was it was that perfect, it was that perfectly placed, right? And I think when you see, watching a game like this, it was like a one zero game, like you said. I was like, oh man, it must have been a boring game, but it was exciting because it was just like you know, I think you tweeted this out, and it was like heavyweights against heavyweights. You know, obviously France was was the more as the more favored team you know, coming into this, but like, obviously Germany had a couple uh, opportunities, you know, that they, they had, but they couldn't capitalize. And I think it was hard too, because I think, well, you know, when I see world-class soccer like this, you really get to see like at the best level, because it's always on the counter, counter attack. And we see how quick Mbappe is, right. You just give him one or two uh, feet of space and like, you got to see how fast he really was. And then people are like, Oh, what I think he got a slide tackle. I, I don't know who was the defender. I think, uh, for for Germany, slide to slid tackle Mbappe in the box, and they were like, "Oh, that's a penalty! Oh, that's a penalty!" But you got to see like right how fast uh, Mbappe was, but at the same time, you got to see the defender track back and still get the ball. And I think that's what impressed me the most. Is just like, bam! It was just like one punch after another, and it ends up one zero. To your point, it could have been three zero. 
could have been i know some people said it could have been four zero for for france mm -hmm. but nevertheless i think gold differential is going to really help out germany with this game because i, I could definitely see france uh, it's probably going to beat up on a couple other teams in their group, uh, probably 3-4-0, just, just so much talent that they have. And you look at that lineup, right? You said Mbappe, Greens, Greensman, you know, Varane, like all these players are like, there's like no weak spot in this team. And I, I just like, I don't know, I, I was just amazed. I like seeing it and I want to see more of it. Have you guys Have you guys also kept up with the Copa America or no? I have to, I have to. <laughs> Yeah, man. Same here. I wish Mexico played in the Copa America. You know, yeah. I remember back in the nineties and in two thousand and one. That I, I think Andy would remember this final, the final between Mexico and Colombia in in Bogota, then where Colombia won one zero. Their only Copa America so far. So, uh, but the level has not been the same. And and here is why, in my opinion, I mean, they have World Cup qualifiers and then a summer tournament, and you expect these players to play at their highest level. You know, I don't, I don't think so. And it's because there is too many soccer games and too many FIFA dates where, you know, players are in occasions too tired, and that's why we haven't seen that exciting level in Copa America. But but, but maybe it's gonna come in the future. Like, yeah, but they have been two great goals. That one from Messi, that one from Cardona, that great play against Ecuador, I believe it was. So yeah, that's what those are my thoughts in Copa America. And like I said, I wish Mexico would play in, in that tournament in the future and say with Copa Libertadores. Uh, I feel the same way. Anthony, give, give us your thoughts. How's Colombia doing? Yeah, I mean Colombia got out to that to that uh, win against Ecuador. Like I was mentioned, the, the beautiful set piece goal. But you're right, the quality is is not going to be as expected from typical Copa Americas because of what they're coming off. Uh, the last two games with the qualifiers and then given that they had to move it around so much and it was supposed to be in Colombia and Argentina now it's in Brazil. Honestly, I see this Copa America more as a trial and error for South American teams for the sake of the qualifiers. We know how difficult they are. And at least I'm speaking from the Colombia perspective, but like the way that we were coming into those last two qualifiers, we desperately needed points and they got them. They got four points in two tough games, but they're still working with the team that they don't know exactly what they have. And it's a, it's a new coach. This is only his third game coaching in the first Copa America game. So it's a trial and error. It's going to be trial and error for a lot of teams. I think that's why you see Peru not bring in Raul Ruiz Diaz because they know what he could do with that team. They want to see what else they have because the focus is going to be once this tournament's over, whoever does win it, how could we push forward and go towards the goal of qualifying for the World Cup? And in South America, the only team that has a solidified, okay, yeah, we're good, is Brazil. Everybody mm -hmm. else is trial and error trying to figure out what their best 11 is and how to keep going about that. So uh, the quality is going to lack, but it'll get there. The Messi goal was typical Messi. The Cardona goal was better. Totally unbiased. But uh, it's going to be fun. It's always fun. Like, you, you get, you're still having some of the top players in the league, uh, in the world, sorry, that are going to be on the field against each other. The rivalries are there. There's teams that don't like each other that you're going to know that when they play. And uh, hopefully uh, with the COVID cases and the way things are in South America, which is the most important part, uh, hopefully the staffs and the players can stay as healthy as possible. So... That's what I think about tournaments so far. Yeah, and I think the only thing missing for for Copa America is obviously the fans because I think uh, because of the COVID situation, there's no no fans allowed, right? And uh, that, which is unfortunate, right? But uh, when the, the rest of the world, it seems like it, obviously it's open. I, I, like I just said here in LA, just opened up. Uh, we see in Europe that wherever you know where they're at, some some have a full packed house, some have like you know like today in Germany, you know I think it was limited, but uh, you know you want to see that as well. But quickly, I want to get some some people in the chat. JP Marcus, he's a goats at work. Um, Galaxy Guy Podcast, he said dropping some love, fellas. Josue Gio and Annie, the trifecta. Um, 
and then JP Marcus, he also adds, he said, Rui Diaz is too good for Copa America. <laughs> he did yeah. definitely feel like that when they, when they didn't, they should have brought him. I don't know. I don't know why, you know, I don't keep up with the, the Peruvian, right. The Peruvian uh, coach, I think, or, you know, yeah. I had uh, Nico yesterday talking about that, which I, th- I found that very weird, but I don't know how strong the, the Peru really is, but what I, you know, what I do know about Peru, I went to the 2018 world cup. Uh, it was an amazing experience. I swear like, I swear to God that the whole country of Peru went because it, it was it was crazy. Like I was in I was staying in Moscow, like it was literally like I, where I was. I stayed in a couple hotels. I stayed. I moved around. I stayed in a couple hostels. But everywhere I went in Moscow that first week, it was like everybody was from Peru because I think it was like I forgot. I, I forgot how many. It was like 40, 60 years. I don't know how many years since Peru had been to the World Cup. That everybody like I met people like yeah man I'm going to school but I was like you know what we don't know the next time we're gonna be in the World Cup so we all just decided to fly here people sold their houses it, it was it was a crazy thing but I, what I do know about the Peruvian people they definitely they definitely uh, support their team and you know it, it's unfortunate that Raúl Rudy Diaz isn't there so we'll have to see how that that is moving forward but uh, but also I think on another aspect on these things it's good to see some of these MLS players uh, right Andy's uh, get, get 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 go down there and play in the Copa America. I think, I don't know how, what's the list. I think someone had tweeted, I, I forgot it was like 15, 20 like, players of Copa America. But what, what are your thoughts on uh, a lot more MLS players playing in Copa America? Yeah, it's just going to keep helping the growth. I mean, to the Rui Diaz point, what up, JP and, and Chris? Um, to the Rui Diaz point, like I said, like there's certain players that, that get judged a certain way when they play international versus on their club team. And Rudy Diaz is one of those players, unfortunately. Uh, the, the Peruvian fans obviously are a big fan of what he does when he's playing with the Sounders and when he played in Mexico and whatnot. But like I said, once again, this is a trial and error mostly for, especially for a team like Peru, who is at the bottom of the standings really uh, for Common Bowl and qualifiers. So they know, I mean, listen, if it's me personally, I'm bringing him hands down, whatever. That's not, that's beyond the point. It's just that they're trying to see what else they could do, who else they could bring in. To, to kind of, you know, see what else they have. Uh, that guy's a good coach, so I like, I mean, I, I trust in him. But for the MLS side, I think it's important, man. These, these, uh, the thing about that is like these players need to get this exposure, and I, I wish there was more. Like, there's obviously a lot of players, even just on the LAFC side, that people say, oh, why does, why is Atuesta not on the Columbia list, whatever the case may be? It's so much competition, but I just think that getting an exposure with the national team at whatever juncture, even if you don't play, um, you're still traveling, you're still getting this training, and you're still getting experience. All that goes a long way. Uh, I was listening to shout out to the to the Galaxy guys. I was listening to to Araujo on the on the Discord yesterday. He was talking about that, like just being with the U.S. men's national team and just being in camp. But like you pick up so many little gems, and you might be able to talk to some players that you may not have any access to or any communication with. So it's big, man. It's good to see that there's players that go from MLS and go to these tournaments, and they're still they're still young, and they're or some of them are older, and they're just building the name up. Uh, for them, it's good for. The league is good, and obviously for Copa America, it's good to get a mixture of players to kind of change the narrative of like how people in different countries think of MLS. I think it's the most important part of that aspect. Yeah, Jose, give us your thoughts on uh, on the MLS players. You know, getting more opportunities with Copa America t- uh, countries. You know, adding adding to the Royal Raúl Ruiz situation, I'm looking forward of what Santiago Ormeño can do. That's a talent that Mexico left left go surprisingly, but we'll see. That's another topic. That's good for the league. That's good for the league for to have these many players, as Andy said. Even if they don't play, they play or not, it will give good for the league image. And yeah, looking forward. I think Venezuela is the one that has the most. Joseph Martinez, Sotelo, mm-hmm. and, and among others. So yeah, it will be interesting how they perform and and 
how long they take them to play again once they come back to South America, given the COVID situation and the quarantine. Like in one side, for example, in California, you have reopening and many other states, but in South America is different. I am curious of what the protocols will be once they return to the to the United States. Yeah, no, it's, it's gonna be interesting. I like, definitely look forward. Uh, I think I'm gonna catch in. Uh, I think uh, I'm gonna catch a couple games of the Copa America, but like you know, just like the Euros, there's, there's specific games that I'm looking at. I'm like France, Germany. I was like, I'm not missing that game. <laughs> I'm watching that game. And same thing for Copa America. I'm, I'm definitely gonna tune into a couple, you know, Colombia games, a couple Argentina games, because um, I think Argentina plays Uruguay either yeah. this weekend or something like that. So I, I definitely want to see that game. That's always a good one. But let, let's talk about here in Los Angeles, right? LAFC. They're, they're gonna they're gonna play the 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 Houston Dynamo. Uh, full capacity on Saturday. Um, you know, it's exciting. Uh, finally, you're going to be a full capacity. You know, the bank's going to definitely be rocking. Uh, everybody's there. <clears throat> I know even, I think, also the press calls, I think they're letting people back at, at, the, at the stadiums, uh, at the training facilities, which is good. You know, we're, we're starting to get to finally get to that step of, you know, what it used to be or, no, or this new normal, whatever, the, you know, whatever the word may be. But um, but let, let's talk about that. Um, you know, it's it been a tough, tough stretch, right, for, for LAFC. All right, Andy, and then to, to this point, right, we know that right before the break, they had a very tough loss. Uh, a lot of fans were upset, rightfully so, because, you know, there's a lot of expectations for this team, and as of yet, they have not lived up to these expectations. Um, but what are your thoughts on them going into this game? Obviously, we don't know what they've done in the training field, but we can only assume that they've worked on those, uh, you know, some of those mistakes that, that occurred in that game. Yeah, the two the, the two biggest points for me, and I think they're simple, and I think anybody will – pretty much say the same is number one, you have to win this game. There's no question about it. You're, you're going back into a full stadium, which we know how much LAFC benefits from playing at Bank of California stadium when it's loud, when there's energy in there, that automatically gives you the upper hand as if LFC, LAFC isn't the better team, not to say that Houston is a pushover because it's a, a, also a good team down in Texas, but LAFC has to win the game. That's number one. And number two for me is, is assessing where Carlos Vela is at. We saw him in that New York game be very, um, out of it in the sense of he wasn't as active and as, I guess, progressive um, as people would have imagined after seeing him play against Colorado. So this is important to see what his fitness is at. They talk, He himself mentioned it after the New York game that he wasn't at 100 and that this break is going to help him a lot. Um, hopefully it helps him and the team, the, the chemistry and whatnot. But it's important to see where he is because once we could, are able to assess, assess Carlos Vela's uh, health and status, then they can move forward. Because if we come back and see Carlos not be at 100 and not be in it again, then you're talking about, okay, let's start moving things around. Like, this is not not going to work as we planned. So, um, yeah, win at any cost, even if it's an ugly win, whatever. The three points are our most important, number one. And then two is just seeing uh, what Vela is able to do because that's going to be very telling moving forward for LFC. Yeah, no, Jose, let's get your thoughts on this, right? Because we know that, uh, like Andy's point, they benefit of having a packed stadium, uh, but there's been some challenges to, to you know, to, to even through through the break to now. I mean, this like I feel like it's definitely a must win. There's no way you can lose or, or tie this game. You have to win this game. It doesn't matter how they win, as far as they win. I think I, I asked Christian Blackman about that on the the other day at the press conference. Like it doesn't matter the way the team wins. As long as it's a victory, it will be good so far. I'm curious to see what is the response of the players given the Cuban Cuban one uh, absence and Chiqui Palacios, looking at Tristan Blackman and 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 Farfan as well. But even if they play their best, 
it will depend on what Bella can do. Looking also on Diego Rossi, who surprisingly was not called for Copa America and is surrounded by rumors. So yeah, those are the types of things that, are, that I'm looking for. But yeah, a full stadium will be nice, you know. We need to get back to our normal lives. That will be a factor. But for me, the most important thing is to have Bella 100%. You know, as he said on the press conference the other day, he doesn't feel that he's on his best level. Let's see if this long break will bring him to the level where he wants to be. Yeah, and I, th- and I think that everybody's gonna, eyes is going to be on, obviously, Carlos Vela. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, because we know what he, what he can do and uh, how, big, how big he impacts his game. Um, <clears throat> uh, but I think also, before we dive deep a little bit more into Carlos Vela, I think I want to hit on the international players. Uh, LAFC has uh, Kim Won-Wan, Chiqui Palacios, and Mark Anthony Kay. They're all international duty. I don't think we're missing anybody. I think. Let me know if you're ever missing anybody. Sorry for but, the mispronunciation of Kim Won-Wan. My bad. <laughs> no, it's, it's, trust me, it, 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 it's not an easy name, but like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll get it to. Uh, I'll be sure to tell Kim next time I see him. But anyway, yeah. so, um, no, yeah, I mean, it's good for Kim and Juan, right? Because he's been play, he, he got to play, he's been playing minutes. I know the times he played 70 minutes, 60 something minutes. Uh, Chiqui Palacios, I don't know um, if he got into playing time. I haven't watched too much of the Copa America. Mark Anthony K. I think he's come off the bench a couple of times. He's gone. He's gone to play. I haven't watched any any of the games of any of these guys. I've just you know just kind of just kept up in there. Um, <clears throat> but any any time players get called up to the national team, it's always a good sign. It's always a good thing, right? You no matter even if they're away from the club team, this is what you want. Um, give me give me on the, your your thoughts on on these two players getting called up and what you know what impact it could potentially have on them coming back. Yeah, for Kim Moon Hwan, uh going in order, I think it's very important for him to just get minutes. And at the at the at the expense of sounding like Bob Bradley, we just need him to basically get on the field and go through the motions to kind of see where he's at. Because remember, he was coming into the season with an injury too, and that was kind of the hesitancy that LAFC had over Kim Moon Hwan because I think people were expecting him to come in and, and automatically be a be a go, and that's not at all what happened with LAFC. So it's important for him to get minutes, whether uh, or not it's around the other side of the world. That's uh, that's not manageable right now. And I, I think Bob and, and company would rather him not be that far, but I think it's important for him to play. Uh, Diego Palacios had, they only played one game, the game against Colombia. Um, he was not on the list. He did not even get called up to the, to the roster, like to the 18. Uh, I'm not sure why, but I will say about Ecuador that there's some questions about their, their left back. I'm not sure his name, but there was a lot of speculation about, um, is he the best option that, that they have right now? So that could be a, a possibility for Chiki to see some time. I know that there was a lot of conversation about that after the Columbia game. But for him, it's the same thing, too. I mean, he – I thought that he's been playing okay. I, I feel like the perception is that he hasn't been as good as he could be. But I always think that he's a threat when he's out there with LAFC. So same thing with him. Hopefully he does get some time. But if he doesn't, then um, it, it could be potentially his job slipping away from him at LAFC. So that that one's kind of tricky with him. And then for Mark Anthony K, I think the most important thing for him, and we talked about it a few weeks ago, is, is confidence. And I think him going to play with Canada gives him a lot of confidence to kind of to kind of rebuild what he needs with LAFC in, in terms of moving the ball and in terms of being a vocal leader. Not that he really lost any of that, but just the, the moment that he's in right now, it's obviously a tough one. For sure, he feels it. Uh, the pressure from the fans is there. And I think the the, the most important thing is him just is, is kind of getting a, a boost of morale being with Canada. So for Mac, for Mac is the most important for me. That's huge. Yeah, no, no, I mean, you hit on things there, uh, three things there for, for these players. And, you know, I'm with you on that. Jose, give us, give us your thoughts on the, these three three players going on to their duty. Uh, as a fun fact, 
Uh, Diego Palacios and Kim Moon-Wan, similar characteristics, good players that can can defend and can uh, attack on the front. So, yeah, uh, like I said earlier, I'm curious to see if they will be back right away, especially Kim Moon-Wan, who played on the other side of the world. Chiqui Palacios will have a better competition, you know, Copa America, Conmebol, all that kind of stuff brings a higher level. I, I will be curious to see if him playing some minutes in South America will increase his level. And as far as goes for Mark Anthony K, yeah, the confidence level, you know, that that single mistake that he made against New York City was everything that everyone everyone focused on. But I mean, he he has he had an assist as well. We can say he had two assists on the game against New York, one in favor and one against. So, <laughs> so, so, so yeah. I don't know we'll if they. I don't know. I don't think they count that as an assist, <laughs> though. <laughs> but 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 I'm curious to see. You know, long period, time heals things like that. We'll see how his confidence is in that sense. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys on that. I think the biggest thing is that Kim Won and Mark Anthony K. Uh, you know, Kim Wong getting that play time because, you know, he was hyped and he, he didn't start. He was injured. That was the thing. He was injured since, uh, I believe, I was talking with Steve Han, who covers the Korean national team since November. I, I want to say I forgot when, but he was he was way injured even before. So, and he hadn't played any minutes. So, I think, obviously, him getting that playing time over there, overseas. And Chiki Palacio, I'm with you, Andy. It's... It, it, because he, he's a Chiki Palacios in a situation where Marco Fafan could take his spot, and Marco Fafan didn't get called up for the national team, right? He's, he's training there, um, and I kind of almost feel the same thing for Mark Anthony K a little bit because you know there's a lot of pressure from the fans, um, rightfully so. They, they they demand thing, and by no means do I think the all of LAFC's faults is on Mark Anthony K. Mark Anthony K. No, I don't I don't believe that, but I do believe that that you know the the passing his passing has not been as sharp. You know, and I think that it has not been a sharp for seven weeks, and you can even date it back to CONCACAF. You know, it's it's been one step forward at times, two steps back, you know. He'll have some great assists, and then sometimes he'll do something, which he did, uh, you know, he'll, he'll I don't know, his passing just hasn't been sharp, you know. I think that's that's the biggest struggle for him. So, you know, Jose Cifuentes didn't get called up, you know. Uh, Latif Blessing didn't get called up. Pancho Ginella didn't get called up. I mean, there's depth in that midfield that we spoken, like we spoke before. So I think... Chiqui Palacios and Mark Anthony K, you know, they're, they're, there's definitely going to be there. Some co- the competition is there now. Whether Mark Bob Barley makes the decision, I mean, that, that's that's for the, that's for us to see yeah. come later this week because I think that's going to be the biggest question um, because there is a lot of pressure and they and they um, whether Mark starts, whether Chiqui Palacios starts, these guys have to you know come come with a clean slate, have a short memory, and, and move forward um, because I think that's what that's what you want. Um, with this LAFC, but nevertheless, it's always great for them. And it's also, I think it's also great for them to get out of LA, get out of, you know, you, your team has been losing, right? Your team has been losing. Let's get out of here. Go, go to your country, go to your home country or go wherever you guys are playing games and then come back and, and freshen yourself up. So I think it's only going to be a positive for those three guys. Uh, quickly in the chat, G-Man, he has a way with word. He says, podcast on Tuesdays is greater than Taco Tuesday all day, <laughs> every day. <laughs> Uh, Gamer says, no, uh, and there's nothing greater than tacos in life. <laughs> <laughs> well, this podcast uh, to G Man, uh, Gamer's a big Ecuador fan. He said, Viva Ecuador. And Jose, this is for you. He's like, Jose, where's your soccer jersey? Gio and Andy looking fly in there. He's getting uh, ready for Sports Illustrated photo shoot. Nah, I don't know about that. But next time, I we, promise. Next time, I will. Next time. Well, Andy, Andy came in with the with the Columbia jersey, and he was looking fly. And I was like, you know what? I got I got my Mexico jersey right right here in the drill. Let me 
let me go ahead and uh, bring this out. But um, but yeah, no, I, mean, I think we're gonna start bringing some jerseys. I got a few. I got a few. I got. I I, I, mean, I can probably buy some more. We'll see. Uh, but Andy is dedicated. He said he's dedicated himself to Walker jersey every time he's on the show. So I like yes, that. Yes, sir. A different one. And if I run out, then we're gonna have problems. <laughs> so let, let's dive deep a little bit more under onto Carlos Vela, right? Because um, I know a lot of a lot of uh, fans are. You know they they feel some type of way about Carlos Vela. They whether they're not they don't feel as confident, I should say, about Carlos Vela, right? It's because of the injuries, and I think that that's the biggest thing that we want to see this Saturday. He's fully healthy, and that he's not injury prone is a sense that I'm getting right. I don't I don't feel that way, but I, I we'll have to see third. We'll have to see the Saturday, right? And I think that that's the biggest thing because you want to have a healthy Carlos Vela because this is a championship team, right? Championship aspirations team. Talk to me a little bit more about Carlos Vela, Andy. Yeah, see, I think the big problem is the way that he regressed, like I mentioned, from the Colorado game to the New York game. And it's weird because you're like, okay, he played 90 minutes. But the intention there was never for Carlos Vela to play 90 minutes in that game. I think it's just the way that it unfolded that they needed to keep him on the field to try to push um, to, to try to win that game. And it obviously didn't happen the way it went down at the end of the game. But he just was not in it. He was he was not trying to make certain runs. He was trying to play a little conservative. Bob mentioned it himself. He saw that. And that's the reason why he was able to go 90 minutes. So it's like, at what expense are you saying, okay, he could play 90? Because if I'm Bob, I'm like, I'll still take 60 from him if it's at full effort and then sub him out. I mean, if you're talking, to, you're down by a goal, then of course you're going to try to keep him on the field. But I'll take 60 at 100 over 90 at like 70. That's That's my take on that. So um, and then that 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 play at the end that he just has a shot at net and it's everybody's like, oh, like he's not healthy. I'm like, dude, it's Carlos Vela, just shoot the ball, man. Even if it goes seven rows into the stands, like just shoot it. And and he would have, like I said, probably scored that goal nine out of ten times any given day. So um I think he's just in his own head as the whole team is. And I said that after the game, like the way that the team is playing, the way that these players look, the way that Mark's uh confidence looks, and Carlos' decision making perhaps, or lack of uh intensity is exactly a reflection a reflection of the whole team it's like they're all playing that same way you can't really call out too many players that are like oh they're shining over everybody i'll, I'll put out twist out there but people are saying that maybe he's not having some great games either i'm like well when you play in that type of position like you need everybody else around you to be at you know at 100 as well so it's kind of hard for him to be like the protagonist if he's playing a defensive mid role or trying to push up field so for carlos it's it's it, like i mentioned it's, it's just trying to show that he has it. And I don't, like I said, it doesn't need to be for 90 minutes. It just needs to be a Carlos Vela performance. He might not even need to score, but if he could have another assist like he did to Diego Rossi against the Rapids, or if he could have a few runs, a few shots, like any little glimpse that will give fans and anybody that's watching the game a, a sense of, okay, this guy, he's, he's getting back there. It's fine. Cause I'm not going to say I expect him to be magically healed after, you know, a few weeks off for international break, but the way that he sounded, the way that he looked after that New York City game was very telling. And um, if if they want to have any aspirations to, to go far this season, it starts with him for sure. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely does. Jose, give us, give us your thoughts on what you want to see from Carlos Vela. See, on one corner, I have that Carlos Vela version against Colorado Rapids. He's such a good player that 60 minutes is enough for him to make an impact. On the other corner, I have the Carlos Vela version against New York City which is not the best. And I like the fact that he is the first one to recognize that. He said, I'm not on the level that I want to be. There is autocriticism, if that is even a word. It's autocritica in Spanish. I don't know if that is in English as well. He's critical about himself. So, so I, I like that. 
about him. He's the first one to recognize that he's not on his best level. The game against Houston is is not a, uh, against a very tough team, so it's a one where he can show where he is at, where he can recuperate that confidence. Is is it a parameter? It's not a game against LA Galaxy. It's not a game against Seattle. It's not a game against Portland. It will not be a, a parameter to see where Carlos Vela's level is, but it will be a good chance for him to get back that confidence against a team like Houston Dynamo. Yeah, no, and look, and the schedule, and I think the thing about Carlos Vela is I, it's, I want him to see, like right, like you said, if it's 60 minutes. But I, I do, I feel like three weeks was – close to three weeks, I think, since the last time they played. I think depending how serious the injury is, I think that's that's enough time. I'm not a doctor. I'm not there every day. But I think that's enough time to, like, process through that, you know, have that 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 bitter taste in your mouth of what you saw. And, you know, we expect great things. You're, yeah, you're the superstar. You're in L.A., right? You're, you're Hey, he's – he is he deserves to have a bad game or two. He deserves because he's Carlos Vela and what he's done. He deserves. I'm I'm okay with that. But I think okay now I, I want to see you shine the, this Saturday. I, I will, you're a star. We need to sh- see you shine, and I think we will see Carlos Vela shine. And I think you know one way he shines is by dominating the game, by scoring goals, by assisting his teammates, by you know making players dance, you know making making defenses look silly. And I, we haven't seen that right because of the injury and you know the the progression of getting him back. But I think if we see that type of Carlos Vela performance and, you know, Diego Rossi, which we'll talk about next, and, you know, Corey Baird, we want to see that front three really connect. Um, I think that's then that's going to put a lot of more, a lot more relief uh, on some of the fans. Obviously, by, by no means, they still got a long road ahead. But I, I want to look into the, I want to put, put up the, the standings right here. So LAC is currently ninth with eight points. Right, so they're 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 right there. They're not the top of the table. They're not the bottom anymore. But they're they're just right above the 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 bottom. And I think that's uh, when you look at the schedule, right? They can they can they can move up on the uh, on the schedule because they got what the Dynamo uh, this Saturday, and then right around Wednesday, right after that, they they got FC Dallas back at home, and then the next game is they're they're going to travel to Sporting KC. So in these three games, they could they could potentially pick up nine points, zero points, you know, six points, you name it. But I think six points for sure if you're you're at home playing those two teams. And to give me your thoughts, obviously it's early, but the table and what type of impact they could have in these next three games. Yeah, it's important to know if they beat Houston, they jump right over them in the standing. So that's that's big time. That's why I say that win is is important because Houston has what eight points and LAFC has seven, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, LAFC has eight, Houston has eleven. So they can yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm, looking, I'm looking at the wrong I'm looking at the wrong category. But yeah, they they could they'll, they'll be right back up there in the mix. So that that win is important uh, for for the for first game back, and that's at home, like I mentioned that at the bank. And the other thing is they play a few days after that against that Dallas team, which is coming in on a lower level. So you're kind of expecting to win that game. So if you could get a six point swing out of those two, then you have to travel to uh, Kansas city, which has been one of the best teams in, in the league, Western conference. Um, it's a tough, tough place to play at. So it's, it's not going to be easy. So that's why these two games against the Texas opposition is, is very important. But that's why I mentioned the same thing with, with Vela. It's like, he's going to be put to the test really fast. Cause these are three games in the span of a week. It's a, it's what is it? Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it's fast. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to slow down, and this is where you're really going to see how uh, how fit he is. And this is why I'm saying if you don't need to push him 90 from the beginning, then don't do it because it, what's ahead is a lot more important than, than you know than forcing it in that in that first game back. But like Josue said, I mean this is a, a Houston team that has great players and they have a great coach in Tab Ramos, but 
this is a team that you're expected to beat. They probably should have beaten them down in, in Texas when they played that third game of the season. But you're talking about two different dynamics. That was uh, Diego Rossi's first game back. Uh, playing a daytime game in Texas, probably one of the worst things in the world when it comes to heat, not to make an excuse. But LAFC is going to be expected to win that game against Houston. They're going to be expected to win that game against FC Dallas. And like I mentioned, once you get those six points, if they do get it, they're in a whole different position now going into the Sporting Kansas City game on the road, which would, which would be, you know, a matchup of two supposedly top uh, Western Conference teams. So it could be big, like you said, or it could be it could be panic button right away if they take another loss or two. Yeah, no, I think yeah, definitely not a loss. But hey, you know, you never know what can happen. Josue, uh, let, let's talk about the let's talk about Diego Rossi. I mean, the last week I believe the Telegraph from the UK reported that you know the Everton and Tottenham are interested in Diego Rossi. I, everybody got, you know, a lot of people got excited. Uh, I know a lot of fans. It's like a bittersweet feeling. Like yes, you want him to go, but at the same time, you don't. Uh, what What are your thoughts on Diego Rossi being linked uh, to those uh, to those uh, clubs in England? Uh, not surprised because he's a good player. Uh, and since the next soccer calendar will be a World Cup one, I think the best thing for him is to go to Europe, to Everton or Tottenham in this case. I think it's the same for Atuesta, which is not going to happen probably because I think his contract is, was renewed to 2022. But yeah, it will be good for him for exposure and more possibilities to go for the national team. For LAFC, it will be something not really good because he has 45 goals in these three years that he has he has uh, been on the club. However, I, I will say this. I think Diego Rossi, even if he stays off his lips, he's going to make 50 goals. He's going to make that mark. And if in the most possible scenario, it's going to be before July in these three games. So let's see. Say, hold on, say that again. Say that, what'd you say? So, yeah, I think Diego, Diego Rossi has 45 goals, and I think he will. Oh, get 45 to, goals in the in the history with with in the LFC. history with LFC, gotcha, gotcha, think, gotcha. Yeah, and it's gonna be on 15. I don't make enough enough money to bet, but yeah, I think that's gonna happen. <laughs> so if you're a bet, if you're a betting man, uh, take us as advice. We'll see, we'll see, mm-hmm. we'll see if there is a is if there's a prop bet. I mean, we're not in Vegas. They're they're gonna legalize uh, sports gambling in California pretty soon. I think within the next year or so. But we have we have a great comment. Um, before we get to you, uh, Andy, G Man says I think LAFC will be fine. The the year that Seattle won the MLS Cup, they they didn't have the best start, and even fired Shaggy Smith because because of it. Okay, G-Man, are you, are you saying the LAFC are, are going to turn things around? G-Man, G-Man's a, it's a Galaxy fan, but I, but I, but I like G-Man, this. G-Man is an intelligent intelligent person. I, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. I'm in agreement with that. I think I've said this as many times as I've been on the show this season. It's 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 still a bit of an overreaction. I'm not saying that none of this is justified because it is, it is 100% justified. The team is not playing well. There are obviously things going wrong, but seven, eight games into a season this long is not – it, like I said, we could get to August, September and forget that this even happened to start the year. So 100%. I think they'll be okay. The talent is still there, but it, of course, needs to start turning around now. We can't wait any longer. So that's why it's so important to get these results. But I think ultimately they'll be good. Whether or not they'll be good enough to make a championship run, we'll talk about that later down the road in the season. Yeah. But Andy, listen, I want to get your thoughts on Diego Rossi being linked over there because, right, let, let's talk about that because if that happens, right, it opens, it's going to open up a DP spot, right? But let's get your thoughts on if this is the right right time for, for Diego Rossi to, to leave? I think it is. I think under uh, different circumstances, maybe it wouldn't be. But, you know, every player wants to wants to say that they want a, a trophy with the team that they've been with, right? And luckily, they did get the supporter shield, with, which they should rightfully so consider a trophy. 
Maybe others don't. But, I mean, when you dominate a season the way they did, I think you could put some weight on them winning that supporter shield in 2019. Um, and he would obviously want to leave with an MLS Cup. He got the golden boot uh, last year in, in the shortened season. So um, I think it's a good time. I think Rossi has been one of those players that that has been targeted. It, he's grown. He's, he shows that he has the qualities to to really be a good player on, on a world stage. Um, I don't buy too much into soccer rumors. I don't know why. I just feel like a lot of times you, you hear some stuff. But if it is a, a move to either Tottenham or Everton, those are two pretty good teams in, in the Premier League. It's not like he's going to a, a lower-tier team. So if that is the destination that he ends up landing at, that's a huge, huge move. And that's also good for LAFC because, once again, it continues to show that the way that they're doing this is it's working and not in the sense of, oh, here we got, we got these great players and we won. No, in the sense of we got these good players, we could develop them, which is what they were trying to do with Brian Rodriguez and let them work up to be at a point that, okay, we could let them move on. Once again, you want to have them move on when you're at a, at a peak, not at a low, but you have no control over that. When a player like Diego Rossi has, has proved over the past few years, his quality. So if this is the time, if that is the place, um, I mean, that's that's nothing but great. I think, uh, like I mentioned, he, he's, he's shown that he deserves it. Uh, great dude, great teammate from what it seems like, from what we know, the times that we talked to him, he's, you know, pretty, pretty laid back dude. And uh, yeah, I think I think I think it'd be a really good look. Yeah, no, and just to add on to that, I think I, I am buying this. I know I know you said the, the rumors and stuff, but I, I'm really buying this. I, my radar is pretty high on this and I, and I. And I wouldn't be surprised if it actually happens here within the next week or so, because I think this is, I think for LAFC, I said this before, this is the time to strike. This is, it's going to prove their model. It's going to prove what they're doing is working, right? It wasn't, didn't go the way they wanted to with Brian Rodriguez, but now they, at the same time, they'll have another at bat with Brian Rodriguez because they can go, look, we sold Rossi to Tottenham or Everton. B-Rod, if you just listen to us and you buy 100%, you could be the next player. But you got it. You got to kill it first. You got to kill it in the MLS first and 100 percent buy it. So I, th- I think it could be a domino effect for for Brian Rodriguez. Uh, it, it, when, when I'm assuming he's going to come back, I, I think that's most likely that Brian Rodriguez is going to come back to uh, LAFC after Copa America because there's no interest for for any other player. But I think that's the biggest thing. It's going to show the league is doing a great job. It's going to show Uruguay, which I don't think they're really buying into what LAFC is doing. I don't have any information on that. It's just because Diego Rossi doesn't get the respect he, des- he deserves. And I just, I just sense that, you know, he should be, he should be, if Brian Rodriguez is getting called up and he did not have a good season with LAFC or Almeria and Diego Rossi has been killing it. It just shows me that, look, they're not respecting the MLS as much as they should. And if he gets sold on to Everton or Tottenham or wherever he goes, I'm hopefully it's those type a caliber teams is going to show Uruguay like, yo, you you need to be paying a little bit more attention. You need to give us a little bit more respect, right? Because of, of what they're doing and just to have that connection. But I think it's also going to elevate LAFC a little bit more around the world. It's going to ele- elevate them, right? Because I think it's it was like 10 million pounds with transfers over to like 14 15 million dollars i think they bought rossi for like one point something million dollars i don't know i mean that's a 14 14 13 million dollar return on your investment that that's a pretty good investment you know um but it hasn't happened yet but i i like where this potentially could go for lafc i like where this could potentially go for diego rossi it's a win-win situation because this also opens up the door to your boy andy uh eduardo twista he could be the next guy in line you know what i'm saying let's let's talk about that Let's, let's talk about that because how where if this deal gets done right, I feel like it's going to open up the door for for Eduardo Twista because I think that's the next guy to go. Yeah, we knew that that Rossi and Twista were really like the two uh, main focus players that are getting attention from the outside coming into the season. I mean, I think Bob Riley was asked, you know, 
this is a pivotal year for you guys. You might lose some of your top players, and those are always the two that come and be mentioned. It's automatically a stepping stone for Atuesta to be able to go to uh, to a European team and then continue his progress. I mentioned this before as well. I've, I've seen Atuesta play since he was a kid down in Colombia. Uh, the way that he's grown in MLS is amazing. And, and once again, that 2019 year really uh, kind of catapulted this team to get a lot of attention elsewhere. And changing that narrative of what MLS has perceived around the world is it's what's important. But Atuesta brought up a good point when he uh, signed his contract extension. He said, sometimes the move is not, you know, what you think it is. And, and the prime example is Brian Rodriguez. Like, going to Europe is, of course, the goal. But he doesn't want to go to a, a, a move that would just kind of just be like, okay, I just came to Europe to come. Like, he wants it to be a significant move. Not saying that he wants to go to – he needs to go to Real Madrid or he needs to go to Manchester City, whatever the case may be. But he wants it to be an actual step up. So until that offer does come, until that situation does present itself, he's just going to have to keep proving himself. And, and I think he obviously is in a position to keep doing that as being, you know, one of the best best players on the team. But it automatically opens that door, like you said. You're, you're, you're getting a return on your investment of these young players that you bring from South America who, on, on this stage, do not have, um, I guess, any any people that were really like, oh, my God, we know who this player is. Like, sure, you might know here and there, like, he's good. But nobody, like, the way that Atuesta and Rossi were talked about when they first got here compared to now is, you know, night and day. So it's just a it's, a, it's a value to what the the model of the franchise is doing, like you mentioned. And I had talked about this as well. I think when we're, when I was on last, it's like people are talking about John Thornton. I'm like, their process is working, whether or not it's winning the championships, another thing, but the process of how they're building this team and, and maneuvering these players is a hundred percent working. So that's why I think that in that sense that, you know, it, it's fine with them and they're going to continue to do it. They're tapped into the South American market really well. Um, and they're looking elsewhere to, to get other players. So I think it's going to keep being rotational. But, of course, that championship and, and all those wins are going to come back into play when you're trying to sell these players. And you're like, okay, what have they done? Like, what have they won? Because people always look at that championship before anything. Yeah. Jose, let, let, let's get your thoughts on here. But I, I, I'm with you, Andy. It's it showing John Thornton's process is working. But I think once you actually sell a player and that is finalized, then then it's like, okay, it, it's worked. You know what I'm saying? I think that that's the next step. And I think they are they are going to get there with Diego Rossi. But I, I'm with you on that. I think once they get that sell, once you get that money in hand, it, it, it's just going to elevate, elevate you a little bit more. Jose, let's get your thoughts on this. Uh, on a tuesta. Well, uh, during Carlos Vela's absence uh, last season and part of this season, he has been the captain and the man who takes the team by his shoulder. So, yeah, like, same point with Diego Rossi's situation. If he wants to aspire to any national team star- status, which he deserves, but he doesn't get because of the league that he plays, he needs to, to move. Like, for the Colombian national team, one of the most surprising uh, calls maybe Andy can prove me wrong or right, was Jimmy Shara, who plays for Portland. That was a really surprising, you know, because he plays on that league that is so underestimated. So, so yeah, he has the potential to, to move to Europe. Hopefully it happens soon, and I hope it happens during this year to have both national team and World Cup aspirations because in Europe, everyone's eyes are on those leagues. Yeah, no, I think that, that that that's a great point because I think with this, right? Let's say Diego Rossi moves on, right? I, I don't, I know a lot. No, some of the fan base wants a wants a, a veteran player, but I don't know. I don't get the sense that LAFC. Let's let's talk about that. They still Diego Rossi, right? 
I'm not sure in the in the mind frame, but I want to get your thoughts first that they're going to go after a veteran player. I think they're going to keep tapping that well that they have it down South America, maybe uh, you know obviously Africa, but they they're, they're getting younger players. They're not the most impactful players are coming from South America, right? Let's say they sell Diego Rossi. Um, what are your thoughts, uh, uh, Andy? Like, where do they go? Obviously, num- the number nine position is, is the big elephant in the room, right? But it, is it is it, are they going to go after a young guy? Are they going to go for a veteran guy? Uh, give me your thoughts. Yeah, I still think number nine is, is where they need to go. And I, I know other people have different opinions on that, but I think it's still the, the focal point of, of them being able to kind of put this all together is, is having a solid number nine that plays in that system. And I don't think they necessarily go for anybody that's, that's a veteran that's solidified. I, I don't think they need that. I mean, Carlos Vela's there. Um, I think the last time they brought in a veteran, let's just use Kenneth Vermeer as an example. Maybe you come in with a, a certain mind frame, a certain intention that it's going to be, you know, you're going to be the guy here. This is what you're going to do. And then maybe a, a season passes and you're playing second fiddle to somebody else. And that goes south really quick, too. So I think it's going to be interesting, though, because you do also have to realize the chemistry of the team. And that's why I say that, because the way that they are right now, you don't want to bring somebody in that's going to that's going to ruin that. You only want to bring somebody in that's going to really uh abide by what they're trying to do so i think that's why going younger is probably the better way to go you want somebody that's eager it's not going to come in with with too much of a an ego to to try to you know take over or something like that somebody that's that's hungry to to prove something more so than somebody that already has proven something so um it's gonna there listen the negotiation and what they do next is going to be very huge for dorrington for bob bradley for everybody in in uh, surrounding lafc so um, I, I don't have any great guesses about what position and who, but um, it's, it's all eyes on that because the move definitely needs to be made and, and what they do is going to be telling moving forward. Yeah, no, and and, and it, it's going to be interesting because, right, I know a lot of fans want a veteran European player. I don't think that's the route uh, that they will go because of what, you know, some of the conversations I've had, some of the things that, that I'm seeing and where, where they're tapped in. Um, so before we get to you, G-Man says, what if Diego Rossi and Eduardo Testa start really feeling that MLS and want to stay like Joseph Martinez? Um, what are your thoughts on that, Josue? Um, well, it depends on the offer. You know, it depends on the offer. If the offer is good, maybe he will leave. And I will insist. I know I sound like uh, I'm referring myself too much on the national team aspirations. I don't think he's going to get that on, on, on Major League Soccer. You know, I'm, how, how come Rodriguez was called for the... Year one, were you why national team and, and Diego Rossi was, was not? And what was the other question? I forgot. Uh, like he, pretty much, he was he said, uh, what, what if uh, Diego Rossi and Eduardo Testa really are feeling MLS and would like to stay like like Jose Martinez or Joseph Martinez? Essentially, saying yeah. he, no, he's not, saying um, okay. I, I don't think. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, well, that will be good for the league, but we'll see if that will help them on their national team status, like I have mentioned multiple times. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I I, I don't know. I think Joseph Martinez is a different story, but uh, yeah. Carlos Vela has had a conversation with Diego Rossi to get him to Europe. I've heard him uh, talk about that publicly. So I think uh, it's not that they don't. I think they've, they, I mean, Rossi's been, after that winning that golden boot, right, in 2019, he's done everything to the league. Uh, that he could uh, outside of winning MLS Cup. But I think the next step for Diego Rossi and Eduardo Tuesta uh, is definitely in Europe. Not because they're not happy here. Not be- I think it's just the next step into their journey. And I think LAFC definitely wants to help them get there. And, um, you know, and they, they're, there's, there's no rush with them. 
necessarily. There's no rush for them to go out there. It's going to happen when it happens. But I think right now the, the Diego Rossi move makes sense, especially during the summer window. Um, you know, for all we know, we can go have this whenever they have this press call Thursday and bam, Diego Rossi's already on a plane to Europe. You know, we're, we're over mm-hmm. here talking about it. it. It could very, very likely so happen. Or Would you be shocked by that? <laughs> nah, not at all. Not at all. I, w- I, w- I would not be shocked by it. I what I would be... What I would be shocked is if he didn't go to Tottenham or Everton. He went to like a like a, a team uh, that was not as not as competitive. I say like a lower team, like Crystal, would, Crystal, you know, Crystal Palace, something, something like that. Something like that, yeah, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Like you know, a, a, a different team. But if it's around the same type of team, then I, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised. But I think that's the biggest that's the biggest thing uh, with them. And I think also when you when you look at that, right? Let's talk about that because. It, Diego Rossi say he moves, then that's going to open up. That spot is open up for Brian Rodriguez to come back and essentially come back on the starting lineup if Diego Rossi leaves. Um, you know, you got to you got to assume that's going to be the 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 thing, right? Andy, let's talk about that. Rossi's gone. Brian Rodriguez, do you automatically put him up in there? I know you have to have the conversation because the dude is dude is a mature. We've seen him. We've seen what he's done, right? Dude is a mature. There, there has to be a serious talking. And I don't think you, I don't think if you're LFC, you don't bring him back or you don't put him like you, he has to be 100 percent in. He can't be 90 percent in. He can't be 80 percent in. You know, give, give me your thoughts. If he does come back, that conversation will already be had. That's that's my that's my take. There's no way he comes back and and they're kind of like second guessing. Okay, like what are we gonna do? Like if he comes back, there's already gonna be conversations that were had beforehand to make sure that this is something that he really wants to do and something that LAFC is on board with. And honestly. I play him. I play him. I mean, it's a, it's a player that he still knows the majority of the teammates there. Uh, not for nothing. Brian Rodriguez is, is a pretty good soccer player. He still lacks a, a few, you know, things that you want to see from him. But he gives you a lot as, as, a, mm-hmm. as a winger on the, in that attack. He's fast on the ball. He's, he's skillful. And LAFC from the beginning when they got him was all about building him up and, and helping him mature and get better. They could keep doing that. That could benefit them. He could come back and have kind of a resurgence. It wouldn't be super far-fetched to me. Um, but the question is, does he really want to come back? Because if he doesn't, if that's evident, if he's going to continue with the uh, with the drama, then then that's not going to benefit the team at all. But listen, if he comes back, I'm playing him, man, and see what we got. Like, you have nothing to lose from him because if you let him sit for too long, then it might bring back a little bit of that, okay, here we go with this again. Obviously, I don't think you roll the red carpet off for him. You have to, you know, make sure that he knows you got to fall in line to what's happening here. But – it's Bob, but you know, Bob is prideful, you know, it's not going to be an easy thing to come about. So it's going to be yeah. real conversations that need to happen before any of that moves forward any which way. Yeah, no. Uh, so before we get to you, G-Man says, I thought it was impossible for Brian Rodriguez to come back. No, so what actually happened, Almeria did not get promoted. So the, the, the purchase clause was not triggered. It was only per, the, on, the the purchase cost would only been triggered if they made uh for the first division they didn't they didn't qualify for that. But let, let's get your thoughts, Josue. Do you, if you're Brian Rodriguez, if you're LAFC, obviously you have to have this conversation. Um, do you do you play Brian Rodriguez from the start? Or do you start him? It, first of all, it will be the greatest case scenario for Brian Rodriguez <laughs> if Diego Rossi leaves and the spot is there. It will be a, it will be a gift for him. Soccer skills wise, absolutely. When it comes to attitude. I don't think so. But like Andy said correctly, what's going to be his reaction if he starts from the bench? So, yeah, that's that's my thought. When it comes to soccer quality, absolutely. Like, he can take a lot of players. He has maybe a little problem with the final touch. I remember Bob Bradley saying in one of the press conferences that he needs to 
take their decisions on the final touch. So maybe maybe work on that. But yeah, if if there is not a good response from players in this time where they don't have their biggest stars, yes. If there is a good response of let's say, I don't know, Raheem Edwards or someone like that, I will have a second thought. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great points there because to your point, I do feel like this could be the best thing for Brian Rodriguez if he buys in because. And also, he Bob Bradley and him have to pair up that relationship. I, I, I'm still with the notion that they 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 have there's something there, and you know there's just something there. They don't whether they don't get along, whatever. Anyway, Bob Bradley likes to you know it's my way or the highway, right? He's he's the type of coach that's that way. He's not the players type of coach necessarily. Not saying that he's not likable or anything like that, but we we you get a you get a different vibe from Bob Bradley, and it's his way. And if you don't do it his way, then you're probably gonna get chewed out. You know what I'm saying? But I, that conversation needs to be had. But I think it's also going to open up his eyes once Diego, Diego Rossi gets sold, goes to Everton, got Tottenham, Tottenham, because that then that the connection is there. Like, you want to go to Europe, or you want to do you want to go to Almeria, back to Almeria? Like, you got to do it this way. We sent your homeboy. He's going over there. You know what I'm saying? We sent your homeboy over there. So it's like you want you want to be the next in line. You got to do what we say. You know, buy in 100. Mm-hmm. If he buys 110. percent 90 percent anything like that because they're not going to put up with this uh, talking to the media and doing all this stuff but at the same time the the the, the thing about this for lfc is they paid 11.5 for him they can't just let him walk they can't just let him walk and i think that that's 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 the the tricky thing with them but uh, we'll we'll have to see because uh, when's the copa america in when's when's, when's the final andy Copa America is over like a little after like the 4th of July weekend or right, right around there somewhere. Honestly. July the 12th, I believe, or yeah. July 11th. The final is yes. on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah right around. Yep. So I don't, I don't know if Uruguay is going to make it to the final. So I was just trying to figure it out. So I, I think right either bef- that first week of July or the second week of July, Brian Rodriguez will probably be in a, back, in a plane back to Los Angeles or, you know, may get sold or may get loaned out but i don't i don't think you loan them out again i don't i don't think you loan them out hey we let you go over there didn't work out time to come back and let's see how we can we can fix this because um by then a month that's almost a month from now a month from now diego rossi may not be on this team anymore and we may be seeing our, our, our last good goodbyes you know uh and and seeing what happens there uh g-man brings up a great point he said he can call qualify as a u2 u22 player as an initiative I don't want to get into the technicalities of it because I'm still understanding it because I think they could use Brian Rodriguez as a U22 initiative player and it doesn't count as an actual DP and I don't I don't I don't know how to break that down yet or right now so it's uh, that MLS is very tricky so uh, well, I don't know I don't know if LAFC have that option with him um, I'll have to ask LAFC and see see what's going on but nevertheless it's looking I'm I'm more on the op, I'm more on the positive side for Brian Rodriguez if he buys in if he buys in. Everybody's in. I think great things can come with this because in the beginning it, he wasn't looking good. Um, but with that said, man, I think I think that's all the time we have. Is there anything else you guys like to add before before I sign us off? Yeah, I wanted to give my opinion on the number nine, and yeah, I yeah. Have, let's, let's hear uh, it. I will have to respectfully defer. Uh, I think uh, experience experience player will be an option because LAFC has tried with. Diomande, uh, Christian Ramirez, and uh, I think Oreña as well. So it has been a player with a uh, somehow low profile. So maybe bringing a player with a higher profile will, will have different results in that position. So I, I will try to jump from a deep spot with a experienced European player. Mm, that's interesting. That is interesting mm-hmm. because I think. 
I'm with you. I think I think I think it's like you can also get that in South America. I think that yeah. that's where they're, I think that's where they're looking at. I, I don't. I'm not saying that LAC can't scout in uh, in Europe, but I think only one player he's came from was a um, Horta. He came from what Portugal. Portugal. So there's only one player that they one DP that they've had it there. But I, I saw, I'm more in the in the, in the feeling that they're gonna come. They're gonna go get a player from from uh, from South America. And uh, it may be a younger player, but I, I don't know who it is. I don't. I don't know who it is. First things first. It has to be. Uh, it has Diego Rossi has to be sold, and, the, and then it opens up things for them. But it's going to be interesting because we're going to see the, how the chess moves that that John Thornton does, right? Because uh, and we're going to see how you're able to sell a player, and right away, you know, bring in someone that can that can impact and, and impact, and you know, at the same time, still win, still uh, go uh, compete for uh, a championship this year. So. It's not an easy thing to do, but hey, when you have money and you know you sell Diego Rossi, it makes it a little easier. So we'll see what happens. Any final thoughts, Andy? No, um, for fans that are going back to Ben California Stadium, enjoy, have a good time. It's gonna be great to to have people at hundred percent. And yeah, that's it. I won't be there unfortunately, but Gio, I don't know. I don't want to put your business out. I don't know where you the Galaxy, <laughs> the Galaxy play on Saturday too, right? I think I think they do, Andy. I think they do. Well, did yeah, you not I, know? I, I, you know, I may be yeah. at both. I, I'll probably be at both. You know, I, I got, I got, I got great relationships. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I have to do. I may, I may have to bounce around, but we'll see. I, I have a packed Saturday, to say the least. It's, it's, it's gonna the be busy, the busy, the busiest man in LA, Gio Garcia. But no, it'll be good. It'll be good <laughs> for both for Galaxy and for LAFC to just see fans back. It's gonna be a good time. Um, and yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward. I don't want to say second half of the season cause it's now, but I'm looking forward to, you know, what's ahead because it's, it's going to, it's going to come fast. I've, I've been saying this for a while, but now these Wednesday games start to roll around and it's going to really change the dynamic of how the standings move of how the team's fitnesses are put to test. And we'll have a lot more to talk about here. So I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited too. So, um, uh, let, let the people know uh, Jose, where, where they can follow you. You can see my work in English at Area Sports Network, Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on my social media, both Twitter and Instagram, at JosueLH686. Again, JosueLH686. You will be informed and entertained, I promise. Andy, let the people know where they can follow you. Yes, sir. My name on Twitter is Andy underscore Diosa. So it's just my name, underscore in the middle. Uh, Yahoo Sports, my work is there. I'm writing all soccer stuff. Um, I actually have a pretty cool story coming out this week, which kind of doesn't really have anything to do with soccer, but it's just a, a story that I wrote. Um, so that'll be out. Um, and then this weekend I will be in Austin, Texas for the Austin FC opener. So that's why I won't be at LAFC. And I hopefully have something from down there. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm around. I'm, I'm here trying to cover as much as possible and always willing to interact with the fans and, and the readers and all that. So. Thanks for having me as always, man. Yeah, no, hey man, enjoy enjoy your time out there. G Man says Gio the Mexico looping going to both <laughs> G Man, G Man, you the king. And then before we sign off, John Adams says Christian Ramirez from Houston Dynamo was heading to Scotland, according to Heart of LAFC. Well, you know, props to Christian Christian Ramirez. Hopefully, hopefully it works out well for him. Guys, if, if you guys are going to the game on Saturday, definitely enjoy it at full capacity, man. It's been such a long time. You know, 
since fans were backlit in and to now be at full capacity. So it's exciting, you know, especially because, you know, it's, you know, it's not the second half of the season, but we still got so many games left. So it's going to be exciting. So I'll definitely see you guys there. Definitely hit me up. If you guys want to follow me, follow me at Gio Garcia LA on Twitter. And for you guys listening every Tuesday, we talk LAFC and we also talk other things like Euros and Copa America. So if you guys want to join us in the chat, make sure to subscribe uh, on Facebook and, and Instagram and also YouTube on Tuesdays so you guys can come chat with us. So for Andy and Jose, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.